0: Imagine with me your reaction if somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, you know, I uh, I got you on tape." Excuse me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you on I got you on videotape. I got evidence. I got it on video. That's enough to give you the heebie-jeebies, right? I mean, I mean, my mind would immediately, okay, what dumb thing did I say, right? I was being goofy, and now it's on video, right? Okay, so they, 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 um, um, that is enough to send chills down your spine. Hey, I, I got you on video. But then imagine if they followed up with, you know what you're doing? Singing. Ah, right? For some of you, would be like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I'm proud of the way I sing. For others of you, you're like, burn the tape. Burn all the copies of the tape, right? Well, our text today, straight out of the Bible, looks into the future, and we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 12, the 12th chapter of Isaiah. So turn there to Isaiah chapter 12, and if you are a Christian, if you are a blood-bought, (laughs) born-again, child of God in the house this morning, Isaiah 12 is you on videotape singing in the future. This is your future. According to the Word of God, he, Isaiah the prophet looks out into the future and he sees and has captured for us the children of God singing. But if you tell people, hey, this is a picture of the children of God singing, they might think I'm talking about somebody else. This is you. This is you looking into the future. We see you singing Isaiah chapter 12. And it, though it's a short song you're going to be singing, it's only six verses, there's so much... Um, There's so much density here in these verses. We're going to spend two weeks here on this song. We'll take three verses uh, today and three verses, God willing, next Sunday. Each verse is packed so tight, it's like each verse is a little stick of dynamite exploding in God's love and grace. So here we are. If you're just joining us, we've been in a series on Isaiah, and now we've come to the end of this, really this first section in Isaiah. It ends in chapter 12 with this great psalm of praise. Isaiah looks in the future and says, verse 1, You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water. From the wells of salvation and you will say in that day give thanks to the lord call upon his name make known his deeds among the peoples proclaim that his name is exalted sing praises to the lord for he has done gloriously let this be made known in all the earth shout and sing for joy o inhabitant of zion for great in your midst is the holy one of israel got it this is a song From your future and if you're a note taker I want you to jot down the three things you're gonna be saying and or doing in this song you ready if you're somebody who takes notes you got you know got it on your phone there you want to type these things in three things we see here that you're gonna be doing in the future you're gonna be doing in that day now for those of you who are just joining in that day is a phrase that Isaiah has used multiple times. If you were here last Sunday or you watched it online or you can go back and watch it, he's pointing to a time coming in that day. What day? When Jesus returns, when Messiah returns and sets up his perfect kingdom. Y'all, it's going to be glorious, perfect justice. Remember this, kids? The wolf will lie down with the lamb and the wolf won't even be tempted by little lamb chops. Okay? little mint chutney on the side. No, 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 they can just hang out together. The little child shall lead the lion and and two uh, cows, right? The idea that there's perfect peace, perfect shalom, no sorrow, no sin, when Jesus' kingdom is fully restored. That's why, by the way, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, let your kingdom come. You're saying, let happen already what is coming one day. Let your kingdom come. Wipe away every tear, all that stuff. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do in that day. Here's what you're going to do. The first thing, if you're a note taker, the first thing. First thing you're going to do, you're going to give thanks. And I am too. And here's the lyrics of the song. Here's exactly how you're going to say it. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. In other words, you are going to give thanks for God, to God, that though the wrath of God's justice was coming, it was diverted and laid upon Jesus so that you could be saved and comforted. Very simply put, and I know this is a simple point, but in that day, think about it, new heaven, new earth, of all the things you could look around the kingdom and see, and of all the goodness of God, you're going to give thanks for your personal salvation for all eternity, this is where it starts, can you imagine, of all the things, you're gonna say, thank you for saving me. And notice too, this you, you will say in that day is you singular, this isn't y'all or even all y'all, this is you singular, will give thanks in that day, thank you for my salvation. What's the point? There's no such thing as secondhand salvation. You don't get salvation through somebody else. You're not saved because your mama was saved or your great-granddaddy was a Christian or, ah, you know, my family's been a part of this church. No, 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 no. If you are saved, you got it straight from the source. And that's good news. For anybody, uh, anybody having to grow up, anybody wear me downs growing up? Anybody have to wear the me downs Yeah, that's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I had to wear me downs My only older sibling is a sister. <laughs> it's tough, you know, times are tough, Right? But I tell you this, for anybody who's ever hand-me-downs, there's no such thing as hand-me-down salvation. You didn't get it from somebody. Now, somebody may have led you to the Lord. Somebody may have helped you become who you are. And somebody may have taught you the gospel, of course. But every single person who was saved was saved straight from the source. There's no secondhand salvation. And to me, it is mind-boggling that of all the things we could say in that day, we could say something as simple as, thank you for saving me. It recognizes, Not notice this, notice this verse carefully. It's not, well, of course he'd save me. Such a good dude. No. It's you, I recognize, I don't have a leg to stand on. I I had a chance to witness with somebody this week, and I asked him, what's next for you? He says, well, I guess I'll go to heaven. Why? He said, well, I don't you know, I've always tried to live a good life, be a good person. I said, this is the holy one of, this is the holy God of the universe in his courtroom. You think he's not going to burn through anything you could put on your resume of righteousness? What, am I going to stand before God and be like, well, I was a preacher at First Baptist. God sees through all that. This is what, what? What do you possibly have to Well, I tithed a lot. Like, God needs your money, right? Well, I, I, gave you, I gave you my life. It was God gave you the life to start with. No, the only thing that stands in God's courtroom is when Jesus shows up and says, this one's with me. And I go, I'm with him. I'm saved. Even me. There's a sense that, God, I recognize something. I'm not naive. I'm not self-deceived. You were rightfully angry with me. A lot of people don't understand that, but that's the perfect justice of God. Everywhere in the news right now, we're talking about justice. His wrath is His perfect justice. And on the one hand, we say we want perfect justice, but think about it. Perfect justice means the absolute consequence of everything I've ever done. All of my sins fall squarely upon my shoulders. Well, that it's terrifying, because that means I'm going to be burned up in that wrath. And so as the wrath of God was coming to crush me, watch this, Jesus stepped in and said, "Crush me instead, that Tom Richter might be saved and comforted. It was his life for yours. And greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And Christ laid down his life for you. And that's going to be the song on our lips. Something so simple. God, thank you that you saved even me. I got to preach this uh, revival service one night way out in the county. There's this uh, church way, I drove way out in the county. And I got out there and I met this pastor. And I talked to him on the phone, but I never met him. And I got to thinking, this is the happiest man I've ever met. I mean, he just greets you at the door. He's grinning from ear to ear. And he's an old guy, this old guy. And he's, you know, he's hugging you. Get in here, brother Tom. And he's talking to his people. And you can tell he loved it. He's loved him for years. And man, it was like a, when, when they started the music, it was like youth night. You know, they let the youth band get up there. And I mean, he start, and he's just grinning. And he's getting after it. And he did something I'd never seen. He takes out a white handkerchief from his pocket. And he starts flinging it toward like he's calling pass interference or something. I mean, it was incredible, right? And he's grinning from ear to ear, and you can just tell he's so filled with joy. And I must have, been, I must have had a funny look on my face, because finally he looks at me. He must have realized what I was thinking. And he's grinning from ear to ear, and he goes, Brother Tom, if we're not going to hell anymore, we may as at least smile. <laughs> I've loved that. He realized, without a bit of, there was no charade to him. He realized, it's that simple. I was bound for an eternity apart from God. And he did something. He intervened. He saved me. I'm going to at least smile. And that's what it starts. That simple. Have you thanked him today for your salvation? That's where we're going. And it's not just, just, oh, look, this salvation. He's my, behold, verse 2, God is my salvation. See that present tense. Hold that thought. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. If I came up to you and said, hey, real quick, what's your strength? What's your strength? Say, "Oh, I can bench uh, two hundred fifty pounds." <laughs> you a liar? But I said, "Okay, wh- really, what's your strength?" Your mind would go to what makes you strong, right? You would say, uh, "Uh, no, seriously, what's your strength?" Um, I'm uh, people tell me I have a good sense of direction, right? What's your strength? People tell me I'm wise. What's your strength? Uh, I- I'm a good, I'm a good salesperson. I'm, I'm a good leader. I, you know, I don't. What's your strength? You, we we tend to think of things like those are our. Personal strong suits. And that's fine. You all have talents. You all have gifts. Here's what all of those have in common. They're fading away. And at the grave, they're gone. So if you say, my strength is my money, then you're just going to have to decide who to leave it to because you can't take it with you. Youth and beauty, they fade. But the writer of this song, he realizes what? My strength. Your strength, okay? Your strength, he realizes, is what you can rely on. The end of everything else. When everything else fades away, what's the one thing? Though you lose everything else, what's the one thing you can always rely on? And he says, I'll tell you, the Lord, God himself, Yah- the Yahweh God, is what? He's my strength. And not just my strength. He's my song. He brings me joy. Not just whistling in the dark to comfort myself, but a source of joy. He is my strength. He is my song. Okay, everybody got it? Everybody got it? Past... He was angry and his anger turned away. So salvation is something that happened to me. He is my strength and my song in the next part of this verse, present in the next part of this verse. He has become my salvation. Whoa, 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 whoa. Which is it? Salvation is no simple thing, and you've probably heard this before, but I'm willing to remind you. Salvation is something that has happened to you. He was angry and his anger turned away. It is happening to you. Right now, we are being saved, and it is something that will happen to you. It's past, present, and future. That's all throughout Scripture. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2. For it is by grace, through faith, you have been saved. This is through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. You have been saved, Ephesians 2, right? 1 uh, Corinthians 1. To us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And then in Romans thirteen eleven: For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Salvation is past elements, it's present, there's future, and that's why it's a worthy lyrics for all of eternity. Thank you, God, for salvation. Mm. That's you. That's you on the videotape. You're thanking God for salvation past, for being saved, and for this future element in that day, you will say, he's my strength he's my song are you drawing strength from that today maybe today the best thing you can do is pull just a time just a little time out and just pause put a smile on your face and say thank you god for saving me that's not all in that day you will thank him for personal salvation but that's not all second point in that day you'll thank him number two in that day you will trust in that day you will trust will you write that down First, in that day, you'll thank him, particularly thank him for personal salvation. Number two, in that day, you will trust. Look at Isaiah twelve two. I will trust and will not be afraid. Now, this verse, I believe, has a fraternal twin in the Bible. If I, if I understand the way twins work correctly, there's identical twins, and they're twins, but they look just alike. Then there's fraternal twins. They're twins, uh, but they look a little different. This verse has a fraternal twin in the Bible. And its fraternal twin, you'll see it looks a little bit different, uh, is Psalm 56.3. You ready? Here's how it goes. Watch this, and I'll quote Psalm, Psalm 56, three: When I am afraid, I will trust in you. See, it's the same stuff, but notice the difference. Psalm 56.3 says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. In fact, kids, if you want to memorize this in a fun way, memorize it in the King James Version. This is how I teach my kids. You ready? It goes like this. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Psalm 56.3. <laughs> okay, it helps, you, it helps you rhyme. Okay, got it? What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Psalm 56.3. When I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Isaiah 12.2. Look, Isaiah 12.2 is opposite. I will trust and not be afraid. What's my point? I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. Psalm 56.3, when I'm afraid, I'll trust. Isaiah 12.2, I'll trust and not be afraid. Psalm 56.3 is the cure for fear. Okay? When fear pops up, you cure it with trust. Psalm 56.3 is the cure. Isaiah 12.2 is the prevention. And an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Isaiah 12.2 says, here's how fear stops from popping up in the first place. I will trust and not be afraid. Isaiah 56.3 says... When I am afraid, I will trust in you. I can illustrate. Like many of us during this uh, season of quarantine, without the ability to go travel and gallivant around the world, staying home more often. And so this is the spring. This spring, for the first time, I noticed that I have a lawn. And I decided this spring that I would take notice of this lawn. And it turns out what I mostly have are weeds. And I decided, ah, I will notice my weeds, and I will take care of my weeds, and I will solve my lawn this spring. This is the one to do it. So the first thing I had to do was do lots of research, and I learned everything I could about lawn. Now, where does one learn everything they can about anything? YouTube, exactly. So I go to YouTube, and I learn all I can about lawn care, and about all these weeds, and these little spiky things, and how, where did these come from? And I'm Googling our spiky things, theologically, I think they're from the devil. Anyway, I'm going through all this stuff, and I got my lawn care, and then this is what I learned. This is what I've learned. No matter how you boil it down, when you go after the weeds that pop up, you're really gonna have to deal with a herbicide, or an an herbicide, herbicide, if you're fancy. Whatever, I don't know. Herbicide, you you got two categories of herbicides, right? They both do the same thing. Their job is to kill the weeds, but they do them in very different ways. You ready? There's two categories of herbicides. There's something called a post-emergent herbicide, and there's something, you ready for this, called a pre-emergent herbicide, And here's how it works. With a post-emergent herbicide, you look at it, and it says Roundup or DDT, skull and cross. Probably not. That's illegal. But anyway, you... You take that post-emergent herbicide and here's how it works. When crabgrass or dandelion or something pops up that you don't want, when that, when that pops up, you hit it with that post-emergent herbicide. In other words, after it has emerged, after it's come up out of the ground, you kill it with that herbicide and you kill that weed killer after the fact. Post-emergent. Psalm 56.3 says, when I'm afraid, I'll trust. Psalm 56.3 is the post-emergent fearicide. Got it? When the fear pops up in your life, Bam, you hit it with what? Trust. There is no other way. I will trust. You don't say, I'll, tr- I, 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 I'll turn to this or I'll solve it or strategic. No, first and foremost, when something pops up, you trust. It's not that. Uh, the other day, uh, little boys in the neighborhood, uh, they were all n- n- near the garage. I mean, some of them I hadn't even met. There's just kids everywhere. Oh, are these kids. And uh, uh, they, they said, oh, uh, hey, Tom, um, listen, we heard a, uh, this is the middle of the day. We heard a sound, and it really scared us. These are little boys. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And uh, I confirmed this story with Carson just before the, the 9 a.m. service, so I got my facts right. And he said, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, well, like, what do you want me to do with it? Inve-? And he was like, no, 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 we just need you to give us a Bible verse so we won't be, be afraid. I was like, oh, okay. I said, how about Psalm 56.3? When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And just as I was about to further explain it, they were like, great, thanks, and they run off. I wish I had that kind of faith. The Bible says trust. Okay. So I'll trust. What, am I too fancy for that? Are my problems that? Oh, my problems are more complex. I have adult, grown-up problems. It's the same heart. Am I gonna trust like a child or not? The Bible says when I'm afraid, you kill that fear weed with trust. That's, how you, that's, that's Psalm 56.3, it's post-emergent herbicide. But you wanna get real with weeds? Let's talk pre-emergent. I heard if you go into a feed store, call it pre-emerge. That way you sound like you know what you're doing. Give me some pre-emerge. Okay. You go in there, you get that pre-emerge. You know how pre-emergent works? Pre-emergent is very different. It's an herbicide, and you lay it in the soil. You put it in the soil. Here's the craziest thing. You have to do it before the weeds pop up. And when you put that pre-emergent herbicide down, it's crazy. You have no idea if you've made any difference at all. You don't feel any different. All the weeds that are already out, they're still there. you got to deal with them with post-emerge. You have no idea. All you, you, you don't know if you've made any difference at all, but you know what you've done? deep underneath the surface in the in the soil through a chemical reaction that i don't understand i'll tell you what happens little by little when mr crabgrass begins to germinate like he's done every spring he has every right to be here he's a weed hear him roar oh but this year mr crabgrass you meet mr atrazine right in the face right or some other chemical don't don't drink the water for several months ago the point is what happened there's the, the structure of the soil, the, the, the chemical makeup of the soil is such that now that weed cannot come out like it's always done. Why? Because it's been hit with some pre-emergent. Isaiah 12 is pre-emergent fear aside. Let your heart be so filled with trust that you find this year the fears can't come up like they did last season. And as you grow in the Lord, year after year and mature, you get the soil of your heart more and more. It's so filled with this trust that you know what you find little by little. And here's the thing. It, you never notice it when it's happening. But if you came... Uh, okay. Let me say, I am so glad that God gave us both Psalm 56.3 and Isaiah 12.2. He didn't just give us one. Okay? He gave us both. Because if He only gave us Isaiah 12.2, can you imagine if you came to me? Well, what do I do? I have fears and anxieties. Well, it would, honestly, it would be like the first time I went to the the, feed, the, the place with the fertilizers and all that. Oh, man, I, I never felt so out of place. I was so, you know, you're so embarrassed. I don't know any, you know, and I pull up and I realize right away, I mean, there's all these massive pickup trucks. I come up in my little sedan. <laughs> I park underneath a truck, you know. <laughs> and I go in and I'm like, I knew I was going to, you know. And, I'm like, and I tell them my whole problem. And they're like, well, only one thing you can do. Yeah, I can solve it. There's only one way to solve it. What? You got to put down this chemical. Okay, that doesn't sound too hard. When? <laughs> Six months ago. Ha <laughs> ha ha! Mock the Yankee! Like, all that's unnecessary to me. Okay, just just help me. I could do without the shame. But nonetheless, their point was, I'm sorry, much of your problem cannot be solved. Why? Because you had to solve it six months ago. Can you imagine if you came to church and you're struggling with fear, you're struggling with anxiety, and the preacher says, the only way to solve fear and anxiety is Isaiah 12, 2, which means what? Which means every day you're in the Word, you're praying, and though you can't see any change, you can't see any difference, the soil of your heart is being chemically changed. You will trust and not be afraid, and you've got to start doing that six months ago. But if he came to me and said, but I didn't start doing it six months ago, then start today. Was well, there any hope? Yes, there's also Psalm 56.3. There's a post-emergent available. Thank the Lord. Psalm 56.3, when I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In 1867, <laughs> Charles Spurgeon preached a sermon on Psalm 56.3 and Isaiah 12.2. And he said this thing that's just, I don't know, it just struck me as, he said that both of these verses will get you to peace. He likened it by like train, like a train. He said both of these will get you to your destination, which is the peace you want. He said, but if you can, write on Isaiah twelve too, because that's trust, so that there is no fear, as opposed to waiting till the fear comes up and trusting. And he said this, and it's just I just made me laugh. He said um, both of both both of these verses will get you there. But Psalm 56.3 is riding in coach. Isaiah 12.2 is first class. That <laughs> just touched me. I thought, okay. Well, there you go. One last word before I move on to the final thing. To those of you who wrestle with fear and anxiety, part of what you wrestle with is wondering, is this ever going to end? You think, I, um, I've been wrestling with this for years. Am I ever going to overcome this fear? If you've ever wondered as a Christian, is there ever going to be a day when this fear is just gone? Yes. Isaiah twelve two is what? It's your song from the future, and you will not be afraid. Listen carefully. There's a day when all these fears end forever, never to surface again. You're going to thank God for your salvation. You're going to thank him. You're going to, in that day, you're going to trust him. And the last point, write this down. This is not something you say. This is something you do. In that day, you will what? In that day, you will draw water. Write that down. That's the third and final point. You will thank him for your salvation. You will trust him. And finally, you will draw water. Verse 3 says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Ah, wells, not bowls of salvation, not buckets of salvation. I think some people have a, a misunderstanding about grace, as if when you get saved, God like, gives you a bucket of forgiveness, a bucket of grace. Eh, it should last your lifetime. Try not to waste it. And every time you sin, you dip into the bucket of grace, you get more forgiveness, you dip in a little more. Eventually, though, you start to wonder, um, am I like, am I going to run out of grace? Am I going to out-sin God's grace? Well you are if that, you are if it's a bucket? You are if it's a bowl, but that's not what it says. It's not a bucket or a bowl. it's a wells of salvation meaning ever-flowing, never-ending supply of his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness, his salvation. Now, the other thing I want to point out, with joy you'll draw water from the wells, plural, of salvation. And by the way, here it's with joy, y'all, all all y'all. Now it's plural. We'll draw water from the wells of salvation. Why wells? You would think that that verse would say draw water from the well of salvation, right? But it says wells. Why? Here's why I think. Because this is a... uh, this is an Exodus song. Isaiah quoted this song from uh, Exodus 15. God gets the people out of bondage, out of Egypt, gets them to the Red Sea, army, Pharaoh's army's crashing down on them. God does what? God opens up the Red Sea, they walk across. When Pharaoh's army tries to pursue, the, the Red Sea crashes in on them. So starting in chapter 15 of exodus they're free they're now across the red sea egypt can't harm them anymore and what do they do they sing god is my strength and my song he has become my salvation and then he says you're going to drink with the wells of wells of salvation why do we need wells plural here's why if you're going to travel from egypt to the promised land you're going to need more than one well along the way right you're going to need a well there at Egypt, you're going to need a well at the promised land, you better hope there's some wells along the way, a well of Elam, you're right? As you go through the wilderness of your life, glory is coming, the promised land's coming. Listen, but you're going to need wells along the way or you're going to wither up and die. Spiritually, you're going to wither up. You, have you drunk deeply from the wells of salvation today? You're going to need to drink today? Tomorrow, you're going to need another well as you go on? Hmm? Now, what are the wells of salvation? Well, put it together. God is my salvation. Drink deeply from the wells of salvation. So when you put your face in that cold, clean, refreshing water for your soul, what are you drinking deeply? You're drinking God. When's the last time you pulled away and you dug a well and you drank deeply to quench your soul's thirst? Hmm? Here's what I think this verse means. How many wells of salvation are there? Here's what I think. There are as many wells of salvation as there are moments in your life you're willing to carve out for God. You can have as many many wells of salvation as moments in your day that you're willing to carve out for God. And you've experienced this, right? Listen, I've seen wells of salvation in all kinds of places. I've seen wells of salvation in a hospital waiting room there with a family and their loved one was in the OR and they didn't know the outcome. And there, somebody would begin praying and somebody would read a scripture verse and they'd sing a hymn and you know what bubbled up? Well of salvation. And we were able to drink from that well. I've seen wells of salvation in our Wednesday night prayer meetings. I've even seen a well of salvation through Zoom. (laughs) Seen wells, some of you have a spring on your property, don't you? You You have a bubbling spring on your property. It's in your prayer closet. And you know that when you go into that prayer closet and you go into that time alone with God, you go to that special chair, you can picture it right now. It's a corner of your room. It's a, it's a place, a corner of your bed perhaps. It's, it's kneeling down beside, it's an old tool shed, whatever. Where you get alone with God, what are you doing? You're drinking deep from the wells of salvation. Maybe that's what you need to do this afternoon. You had planned to watch golf and there is none. You'd maybe plan to watch some sports. Maybe that's what you need to do. You need to spend time drinking deep from the wells of salvation. We had a great deacons meeting this morning. My heart was touched just to see these guys again and to pray with them. One of our deacons, Robert Franklin, he got to share the devotional this morning. and He said that as he was a young Christian, he had a man in his life who would come in and ask him if he had a word from the Lord. You got a word? You got a word from God? And he would point to him in the morning. That's right, Robert? He would point to Robert and he would say, you can't get a word unless you're in the word. You can't get a word unless you're in the word. And it said it, it encourages him. And he says, and I, I felt it in my heart too, that he can hear that even today, now that he's been walking with the Lord many years. What about you? Have you been in the word? Are you drinking deep from the wells of salvation? You're going to dry up. So dig, dig deep. Sometimes you need a drink. Sometimes you need to splash and bathe in it. Spend some real time with the Lord. To apply, I, uh, I think the application to me couldn't be simpler. Look, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, if you are a believer, Isaiah 12 is your song in the future. So God's, God's word for you today is, let's get good at the lyrics now. Okay, Let's learn that tune by heart now. Today, thank him for your salvation. Get with your loved ones and thank God that he saved you. And if he saved the people in your family, thank him for that too. It, it, Trust in Him. Lay down, some, guys. Lay down some pre-immersion of trust this week. You will not notice any difference. None of the fears will be killed, but the fears six months from now. Oh, there. Put them on notice because that trust is being built. Hmm? And dig deep into the soul-satisfying. There's no. Other, there is no other well that will quench this but God Himself. Be filled with Him. And you can't. To me, you can't preach Isaiah 12. You cannot, in good faith preach a word like this without saying, and there's no easy way to put this, if you have rejected Christ, if you are not yet a believer, this horrifying thought is true. This is not your future. This is not your song. You'll spend eternity apart from God, you see? So this is not your song. But here's the good news, here's the good news. But it can be. It can be today. Today could be the day of your salvation. If you're watching this online or you, you share this link, maybe maybe you know somebody and you've prayed for them and you love them and you want them to know that th- this could be your song. Send them this link and share it. And you're watching this. Cry out to him. Receive Jesus who died on the cross for you in your salvation so that this can be your song, so that you will be with us with him one day singing you were angry with me but your anger's been turned away by the precious blood of jesus christ god you are my salvation let's pray just take a moment drink deep from god right now you have come to worship today to, to drink deep from the wells of salvation my brother and sister in christ so do that now just take a big drink spiritually Tell God you love him. Consider his great love for you. Mm. God, we sense your presence. We know you're here. Your word is so rich, it feeds us, God. Mm. God, grant that we would speak thanksgiving that you saved us. Even us, even a wretch like me, you saved me, God. Thank you god i pray that we would trust and we would lay down that that pre-emergent to kill all those fears god in advance before the fears come we have that trust and god grant that we would drink deeply from the wells of salvation and thank you lord for not just giving us one well but for walking with us through this whole journey oh god we love you grant that we could love you more if there's anybody who hears this message in this room or online or wherever that does not know you let today be the day of their salvation. Thank you, God, for what you're doing, what you're gonna do. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad you are here today. If if God wills, uh, next Sunday, we'll continue with verses 4, 5, and 6 from Isaiah 12. I love you. Hey, Pastor BJ is gonna give us our instructions on benediction and offering and exiting. I pray you have a blessed week. Thanks, Pastor Tom. Such a great word today from the Lord. Thank you for joining us. If you're joining us online, thanks for being a part of our worship service. Uh, if you would stand at your feet all across the room, uh, we're going to have our benediction offertory. So to my right, your left, you're going to notice these three exits here. These are going to be the exits that we utilize to go directly out to our vehicles so that we can make space for the next services that are coming in very shortly. You're going to notice the offering boxes there on each of those tables uh, as you make your way out if you need those are available to you. I know many of us give online, but they're uh, there for us. So I hope you've enjoyed being together today. It's always good to, to get to come together in the house of the Lord, especially during times like these. I know many of us have felt how, how much we've missed it. So uh, our benediction then is going to be 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Uh, such a great word. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. Have a great week.